0: Greetings, everyone. Lieutenant Colonel Allen West here, and welcome to the Steadfast and Loyal Podcast. You gotta light them up before they burn it down. Save us all. Ooh, they're going to burn it down. Save us all. Before they burn it down. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Step Fast and Loyal Podcast. On February the 7th of 1961, I was born in the inner city of Atlanta, Georgia, in a blacks-only hospital, Hughes Spalding Hospital. In 1961, there was still segregation here in the United States of America. I remember having to be careful when dad would drive us down to see granddad down in South Georgia, you know, which towns we went through, planning out the route. And I do remember seeing the blacks only bathrooms and water fountains when we went to certain places down South Georgia. But here I am today, a retired Lieutenant Colonel in the United States Army. Dad was just a corporal in the United States Army in World War II. My mom ended up serving over 25 years civilian service with the 6th Marine Corps District Headquarters in Atlanta, Georgia. So I knew I was going into the military. It was just Army or Marine Corps. Well, ended up the dad got his way because my older brother was a Marine as well. And my older brother went in at a trying time as a Marine Corps infantryman heading over to Vietnam, was wounded at k saw. See, in those early years, there was a country that didn't recognize me for being equal because of the skin color that I possessed. As a matter of fact, my dad being born in 1920 and mom in 1931, a good part of their years were brought up in the segregated South. But yet in 1958, 1959, my dad moved up with mom from South Georgia and bought his own home. 651 Kennesaw Avenue, Northeast Atlanta, Georgia 30308. Phone number 404-874-2836, the old dial phone. And so I remember how proud it was to be brought up in your dad's home, your folks' home. And I remember all of the other people who had their own homes on Kennesaw Avenue. See, Kennesaw Avenue was located in what is called the Old Historic Fourth Ward District. The history of the Fourth Ward in Atlanta, Georgia is profound. I mean, that's where you find Ebenezer Baptist Church, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s birth home, his final resting spot. Sweet Auburn Avenue, which was the cradle of black economic activity, not just in Atlanta, but really across the South. Butler Street YMCA, where I learned to swim and play basketball, was one of the historic black YMCAs, and of course, Hugh Spaulding Hospital, as I said, the hospital where I was born, which was therefore only blacks. It is now a children's hospital. It's still part of the Grady Memorial Hospital system. But I remember growing up and seeing black-owned businesses, doctors' offices, lawyers' offices, you know, the Bronner Brothers, the hair products that they made. It was Cradle right there, headquartered on Auburn Avenue. See, we were taught, as I grew up, that America was a great place for the equality of opportunity. And the key thing that you needed to have in order to be a part of that equality opportunity of opportunity was a good quality education. That's why my parents made the decision that I would go to the small private Catholic school. We grew up in a United Methodist Church, Fort Street United Methodist Church, which is right on Boulevard Avenue. But at the intersection of Boulevard and Auburn Avenue was a place, Our Lady of Lewis Catholic School. At the time, it was the largest black Catholic parish in the city of Atlanta. And that formed a foundation for me, those first seven years. And then I went on in two years at the Marist School, which was way out, Shamley-Dunwoody Road, and that put a lot of stress on me. So I ended up transferring and finishing my last three years of high school at Grady High School, right there, located in my community. Of course, now it's not Henry Grady High School anymore. It's Midtown because the woke people got to him because, you know, Henry Grady was a white supremacist, racist, whatever. He was a newspaper owner, the father of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, but we won't go there. But what is really disconcerting for me is that I was born in the inner city of Atlanta, Georgia, 1961 in a blacks only hospital. I experienced some early years of segregation, of course, like I said, going down and visiting grandma and, and grandpa and uh, my dear and everybody. But today, I'm a retired lieutenant colonel from the United States Army. Dad was just a corporal in World War II in the Army, mom, as I said. She was a civilian servant, 6th Marine Corps District Headquarters in Atlanta. I knew that I was going to be one of the two, a soldier or a Marine. Dad won out. My older brother was a Marine in Vietnam. I ended up becoming a member of the United States House of Representatives from Florida's 22nd Congressional District, a district that at the time, in 2010 when I was elected, included... The highest per capita income zip code in the United States of America, Palm Beach Island. I remember sitting down and having meetings, having dinner, sharing thoughts and perspectives, learning, being mentored by a guy named Rush Limbaugh, or getting a chance to meet and speak with another constituent of mine. That was Ann Coulter. And then, of course, after coming out of Congress in 2014, I moved here to Texas, and I had the opportunity of being the chairman of the largest state Republican Party in the United States of America, the Republican Party of Texas, a Republican Party that was founded on Independence Day of 1867 by 150 black men. Twenty white guys were there, too, but 150 black men. And now I'm sitting here with my own podcast. I have a bachelor's degree, two master's degrees. I'm married to a woman with a of science degree, a master's in business administration, a Ph.D. I have two daughters, both of them highly educated. I mean, you know, one, my oldest, Aubrey, a bachelor's and two master's. My youngest, Austin, an associate's, a bachelor's, and a master's. Now, why am I telling you all this? Because when I hear about this foolishness of reparations, I mean, you gotta be kidding me. Now, I mean, you would think that I'd be one of the first to line up. I mean, I was born in a blacks only hospital. No, I, I don't need. Anybody write me a check for what? I was never a slave. Yes, but Colonel, you didn't suffer the inequalities and injustices. Well, yeah, I did. I remember going down to South Georgia and the things I had to endure, the things that I saw. It was for a short period of my time, but I had a granddad, okay, who was not proficient in reading but my granddad was a stonemason. My granddad had his own house, my mom's father. I had another granddad, my dad's dad, down in Cuthbert, Georgia, Randolph County. He had his own home. He had farm. He had property. He was like the grand poobah of the, the, the local South Georgia black masons. I know some of y'all ain't hip on the masons, whatever. That's beside the point. But here was a man that most of his life was brought up in horrible conditions. My two granddads. But they ended up owning their own homes and being successful in their own rights. I mean, my granddad. I mean, my mom ends up graduating from Fort Valley State College. She had a great career. My mom loved Lincoln Continentals. And she never, like, had a finance plan. She wrote, like, cash money checks for her cars. She was something else with some money. And then my my aunts and uncles, my mom's, you know, brother and sister, one was a top educator in Knoxville, Tennessee, graduated from Morris Brown College. Another was an engineer at NASA, my uncle, graduated from Tennessee State University. All from a man my granddad, who struggled with reading. And and then, of course, my own dad, he did not finish college, but he had an incredible career as a nursing assistant at the Veterans Administration Hospital there in Atlanta, right near Emory, Hoss, Emory University. So this whole thing about we need reparations because of inequalities and all this kind of stuff, that's, that, that's just a cowardly excuse for sitting on your ass. You had every opportunity to go out there and do well in America, and for some odd reason, some people in the black community decided not to. And and you can say, Colonel, that's harsh. You're being uh, the, the black face of white supremacy. You're a re- reverse racist, whatever. I don't give a damn. Because I look at The Vietnamese community, people who came here with absolutely nothing, escaping communism. And look at that community today. Hey, let me tell you what, folks. Back some time ago, there was no such thing as nail salons. But those Vietnamese women got out there and they started those things. And now they have restaurants, they have salons all over the place. You know what I'm talking about and they got second- and third-generation Ivy League-educated kids. They did not ask for reparations. Now, you can sit around and say the Vietnamese did not uh, build this country, the Vietnamese were never slaves in America. Okay, let's talk about the Chinese, who are kicking our you-know-what right now. And the Chinese were brought over here for forced labor, when it came to building the railroads that went across the Midwest out to the West. I don't see them asking for any reparations. It really suck for them. As a matter of fact, a lot of the people that came here early on in the United States of America, immigrated from some places, I mean, you can talk about the Irish, whatever, they had some crappy lives. But they stay focused focused on one thing, the equality opportunity of America, and they wanted to be American citizens. Why is it that we still have this cultural Marxism that stirs up the mess in the black community? See, slavery has nothing to do with the fact that only 24% of black kids have a mother and father in the home. Slavery has nothing to do with the fact that all of those once great black businesses and the economic engines that we saw in many black communities, they were destroyed. Slavery has nothing to do with the fact that these schools in our inner city communities, they really do suck. I mean, for white massa now to come out and say, you know, math is racist, you can't figure out two plus two, Uh, no. The kids who have suffered the most with all the shutdowns of schools and things of this nature, and you can look at Baltimore, you can look at Chicago, you can look at Detroit, these inner city schools, kids not reading at grade level, not doing math at grade level, has nothing to do with slavery. The black-on-black violence that we see happening all across this country and inner-city communities. The gang violence that we see has nothing to do with slavery. And no amount of money being given to you by white Massa man is going to eradicate that. See, this is the deal. This is just a new form of economic slavery. The same white Massa man of the Democrat Party who wants physically enslaved blacks in this country is the same white massa man of the democrat party today who is economically enslaving americans and let me tell you something how do you explain people in the state of california that was never a slave state and blacks who were living out there were never slaves all of a sudden those people get millions of dollars free cash money from people that were never slave owners How do you explain that to people? You can't. But the only way that you can perpetuate that foolishness is with people that have such low self-esteem, such low drive and determination, that they feel they're entitled to something that they're really not entitled to. I'm like four points away from a perfect credit score why should I be subsidizing someone that has a low credit score? I've worked hard over these years. I've done everything that you thought was right to get this credit score. I've owned homes ever since I got back from Operation Desert Shield, Desert Storm in 1991. Our very first home was in Manhattan, Kansas. So why am I told now that I have to subsidize others for the poor fiscal decisions they have made instead of making sure that we can have the right type of education for them to make the right and proper decisions. I don't want to see people relegated to government housing. I want to see people enjoy the freedom and liberty that my dad had. The freedom and liberty I remember when my dad made the last mortgage payment on his home, 651 Kennesaw Avenue, Northeast Atlanta, Georgia, 30308. That's an experience that every American should have, black, white, Hispanic, Asian, I don't care. But when we're telling people, when we have the soft bigotry of low expectations that are telling blacks today that you're still a slave, you're still suffering from slavery. You're still a descendant of a slave. You have no recourse other than to be a slave. And oh, by the way, if we really want to talk about who should be giving reparations, it should be the doggone Democrats. White mass of man. The white progressive liberals. The progressive socialists, Marxists, statists, communists, you guys. Because it was your party. It was your party that didn't support and vote for the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments. It was your party, the Senate Democrats, one of the longest filibusters in U.S. Senate history is Senate Democrats against the civil rights legislation. Civil rights legislation passed because of Senate Republicans led by Everett Dirksen. It's just that Lyndon Baines Johnson, a real white supremacist and racist, understood that if we give those, you know what, this, as he said on Air Force One to some Southern governors, we'll have them voting for us for 200 years. I think we're about 51 or two years into that. And so now we're going to come up and say, we're just going to give you reparations. We're going to give you millions of dollars. For what? What does that cure? What does that fix? Does that repair the family? Nope. Does that give you any other type of economic freedoms? Nope, because economic freedom comes from here. Economic freedom comes from here. Not from a 30 pieces of silver that the left will give you. If anything, what The progressive socialist left should do, what the Democrats should do, is say that, you know, we apologize for all of these years of segregation. We apologize for being the party of Jim Crow. We apologize for being the party of the Ku Klux Klan. We apologize for being the party of lynchings. We apologize for all of these things. We apologize for Robert Byrd, who people like the Clintons and Bidens and even Obama praised at his funeral service, eulogizing him. He was a grand wizard of the Ku Klux Klan. I don't think I know of a grand wizard of the Ku Klux Klan that was in the Republican Party. Maybe I'm wrong. And if I am, I'll eat crow. But I do not know of a grand wizard of the Ku Klux Klan that was ever a senator or member of the United States House of Representatives from the Republican Party. A Republican Party that was established in 1854 for one single purpose, then slavery. Physical then, not economic now. So Democrats apologize. And then instead of saying that you're going to write checks to people, and I don't know how California is even going to afford it. I mean, you're billions, almost trillions of dollars in debt out there. I mean, you talk about a deficit. And that's why I don't want my country to be run like California. But why not invest the money in inner city schools? Hmm? Why not invest the money in better jobs programs? Hmm? I mean, there's so many different type of careers out there that we can help young black men and women to go into instead of going into gangs I mean if you want to talk about the the biggest killers of blacks in America it's one party and you think that you can just write a check to somebody and erase that I mean Margaret Sanger was the biggest white supremacist and racist around I mean she founded Planned Parenthood for the whole reason of eradicating blacks you know Those undesirables and human weeds. Since Roe v. Wade, 1973, uppers of 20 million black babies murdered in the womb. That's your party. But I guess you think that if we just write a check, everybody's going to forget it. Yeah, you know, hey, 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 look at what we gave y'all. Come on. We got to be smarter than this. And we got to stop listening to these charlatans out there that we have elevated into, quote-unquote, positions of power within the black community. Because they're just paid off by white mass of man anyhow. No, I, 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 I don't need a check from anybody. Except for the people that I work for. Happy to get a check for them because that's in reward for my labor and my production. But to get a check from someone for doing absolutely nothing, that's tyranny. Because that money is being taken from someone else, the product of their labor, to give to someone else for no other reason than political power. So stop with this reparations talk. Stop falling for this thing. At some point in time, you got to sit down and say, Who has been in charge of the most deplorable situations in the United States of America? I think you'll find out who. But yet those are the exact same people that are saying now that we're just going to write you a check so you can forget it's us. You should never forget. Because what ends up happening is what goes on into the future. I would rather have a future where our young black men and women are trained and educated. They have the real liberty and freedom here, which actually, as it says in Second Corinthians 3 and 17, that the Lord is the Spirit, where the Spirit of the Lord is there is freedom. So why don't we have more of these black pastors that are out there saying, reject this notion. You will never be free if someone writes you a check for nothing. You'll just be their slave. And again, their soft bigotry of low expectations says that you will never be able to achieve anything unless we give it to you. To me, that's the essence of slavery. And it has always emanated from one political party in the United States of America. The party of slavery, the party of segregation, the party of socialism, and the party who wants to give you reparations. See through this. See the truth. Take the red pill. Get out of the matrix. Have the scales fall off your eyes, because we do not need to create another generation of slaves relegated to an economic plantation which is what has become in these inner cities and in these government housing section 8 plantations steadfast and loyal before they burn it down